0: But Sophocles once said that sons are the anchors of a mother's life, and that seems to be very true for you. I don't know what my parents or my grandparents are talking about, it, but trust me, further down the road, it will come back and you'll say... I remember my grandparents telling me that. I remember my parents telling me that.
1: Bringing all our residential standards across the country up to a level that we can be proud of.
2: elder wisdom stories from the green bench my name is Kathy Buckworth and as always I have the pleasure of sharing my bench with my co-host Evelyn Brindle who lives at the village of Aaron Meadows in Mississauga just one of Schlegel Village's long-term care and
0: retirement homes along with her husband David good morning Evelyn good morning Kathy hope you're doing well today
2: I am doing well today, and I'm very excited about our show today, and we're going to get into why I'm so excited about that, because, of course, every episode we bring stories of great wisdom from our wonderful guests, and our guest today has a pretty cool story.
0: Yes, he does. Um, Some very interesting hobbies that he's been involved with. Uh, Genealogy, which is a pretty good topic ham radio, and also uh, learning Morse code.
2: So we're talking about John Hofstie, and he traced back his roots a long, long way. Now, I have done (laughs) Ancestry.ca and found out that I'm 99% English and 1% Norwegian. Um, But my dad (laughs) swears that he's done family charts back to an earl in Henry VIII's court. I think he's lying. Evelyn, have you ever traced back
0: your roots? I haven't. It was on my agenda, but my brother has been very involved in it, in giving me a lot of the family background, which has been very interesting. Rather more difficult, though, to find because a lot of the records uh, going back uh, years back in Poland uh, are difficult. A lot of it was destroyed during the World Wars and... uh, He's gone through quite a few different uh, avenues, in fact, going back to some of the small towns to trace it through the churches or other records that he was able to find. So it's been very interesting. I learned quite a bit about it and uh, some unusual facts as well, uh, involving names that have been passed down for each generation. and. Uh, Having a lot of fun learning about the family. And speaking of
2: family, Evelyn, I think one of your younger generations just accomplished something pretty impressive.
0: Tell yeah, us. this morning I got the news that uh, Jack, my grandson, who's uh, 20, uh, and he's on the uh, Team Hawaii right now uh, in a paddling competition for the world championships and at the the last minute his team pulled out number one so they're now the world champions. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty
2: impressive Uh, to put on the family tree.
0: (laughs) Oh yes it is. It's something that he really loves doing and has been uh, working very hard at it the last couple of years particularly and
2: Congratulations. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, um, I'll pass that on.
2: <laughs> and we have our guest, John Hofsey, standing by to tell us all about his impressive accomplishments. Good morning, John. Good morning,
0: John.
1: Good morning, Evelyn. Good morning, Kathy.
2: John, I understand you're joining us from the village of Riverside Glen in Guelph. Correct. And, but before, obviously, you got there, you had a pretty storied history. And you're going to tell us a little bit about that today.
1: Well, okay, Uh, to go back to my birth, I was born in the Netherlands in a village uh, very close to Rotterdam. And eventually I went to high school for three years in Rotterdam before we immigrated to Canada in 1951. So in 1951, I started with english as my first language and uh, i'm pretty fluent in it i have no 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 problem and not much of an accent i i take it but yeah we first settled in st thomas and then i 1953 i joined the bank and, I, and anyway uh there's a number of interludes, but in 1966, I became a high school teacher and I remained that until 1994 when I retired from full-time work, but I continued for another 15 or so years as a uh, fill-in whenever required. So, and since then, I've been busy with this and that and the other thing, using my computer skills and leadership skills uh, in some other involvements. Okay, back to you, Kathy.
2: (laughs) As a teacher and also as someone who worked in banking, I understand you've written articles in both English and Dutch about banking for immigrants. Wonderful topic.
1: Yes, I did, and uh, I've written some um, some genealogy articles as well, but in both languages.
0: It's great you've kept up with the, your roots there, as far as the language goes, and I'm sure you've been involved with a number of traditions as well, or have you with the family keeping that up?
1: Well, a little bit, uh, n- not. <laughs> Not really all, all that much uh, because the, the Dutch immigrants kind of slow down on 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 most of that but uh, yeah there's still some of that and just just for interest sake you were talking about keeping up my Dutch and I do uh, every week I talk to my aunt hey 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 <laughs> but she's oh. only she's only three years older than me so we're... Uh, We can share experiences uh, much. She does much the same in the Netherlands as I do here.
2: Family is very important to you, I think. Uh, John, tell us a little bit about your own family.
1: Yeah, my own family. Uh, My wife was also a Dutch immigrant and we married, but she passed away uh, in in 2008. So there's been a number of years. We had four children, two girls and two boys, and uh, they're spread all, well, first of all, my youngest son died four, four years ago, but uh, my oldest daughter lives in the Detroit area. My second daughter lives in, near Cambridge in England. Uh, my son is here, my first son is here in town, and the son who died lives in Florida where, where his widow still is and, uh, his, he had three children as well, and I'm in constant touch with those people as well.
2: I have a daughter who lives in Cambridge also about Cambridge, Ontario so <laughs> nice. and she's, she's the, the mom of my three grandkids, but you have ten grandkids, I think.
1: Yes, I have ten gra- grandchildren and uh, there are six six or seven of them six of them married now. Nice. Yeah, we watched uh, a, a marriage uh, just a month ago, exactly a month ago, uh, a, a marriage in Orlando, Florida, which I was able to 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 watch uh, on Zoom.
0: Oh, great. Very nice. Yeah, weddings are really something special, bringing the families together. Right. My granddaughter just got married a couple of weeks ago, so... Uh, it was great seeing family we haven't seen for years, and I'm sure you felt that too.
1: Yeah, well, you, I am not traveling much anymore. I've done a lot of traveling in my life, uh, lots of vacation trips, but uh, it's a little too difficult now.
2: Well, you travel through time on On paper and online, I know, John, because you have traced your family roots back 60 years. So how did this start? How did you get so interested and involved in tracing back your roots?
1: Actually, uh, my brother did most of the work. I I did a lot of it myself too, but uh, I kind of coordinated it and put it Put it together but uh yeah we both my brother and i we uh, we both had the interest in the genealogy and uh so uh we had a visitor over from the netherlands uh, in 1978 and uh, she told us something about the family and then we found a clue uh i don't know if you people who do genealogy can do most of it from their home these days or from their home city, because the Mormon church, the the Church of Latter-day Saints, uh, has copied many, 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 many records from all over the world, which you can access now online, or they they had films. So, uh, but yeah, we, we did that, I've been to to Salt Lake City, to to work in the library. My brother was there a few times, but between us, uh, we, we were able to, to do that. And uh, now uh, we, we've re- we reached a point, my brother has since died, but uh, we're at the point where it's uh, very rarely that we find anything new. Sometimes somebody pu- publishes something that ties in, but uh, I'm... Kind of am out of that hobby now, uh, except for sharing it with my children and my nephews and nieces.
0: What a great legacy to leave for them. Yeah, I was surprised to learn, though, that the um, Mormons keep all those records locked behind 14-ton doors in the Granite Mountain Records Vault, which is strong enough to survive a nuclear uh, impact.
1: Yeah, that is, that is correct. But they've made numerous copies, microfilmed it, and that's mm-hmm. where we looked at it. And now they've most of that ancestry is owned by the Mormon Church. And of course, that's all available online now.
0: Was there anything interesting or unusual that you found out about the family, other than, of course, the going back to the Holy Roman Empire, which is quite outstanding in itself? Um, but anything in the closer generations that uh, you may have learned about the family that you weren't aware of?
1: Well. W- w- the, the, we, we pretty well knew what, we, what the family had done, but yeah, we've kept, we have the last couple of hundred years, uh, we've pretty well got 100% of it. And uh, so, the, in my, my part of the genealogy, we have two types of records one is the families with the Hofstede name. Uh, and uh, and its variations as well as a pedigree which uh, sounds like prime cattle uh, w- one w- one person two parents four grandparents eight great grandparents 16 32 64 never mind i won't go on <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's always been very, very interesting when you learn something new about the, that you didn't weren't aware of Way back then, yep. One of your uh, other interests, apart from genealogy, has been the ham radio, and you right. were doing that for thirty years.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. I had a, a a lifelong interest in that. Well, not lifelong, but from my early teenage years, because I have a little notebook from from 1948 or something, and I had already recorded the uh, both the genealogy close by and the Morse code, which I was going to need for for ham radio. So my interest started very early. But uh, I had a colleague that uh, was involved, and uh, he got me really started, and eventually I passed the necessary exams to uh, to be able to go on the air and uh, made made contact with uh, many many con- many countries and uh, First by Morse code and after a couple of years, I, was, I improved my license so that I could do uh, audio as well.
2: You spoke to people in every single state in the US. Is that right? Yes. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once upon a time, I had a certificate to prove it.
2: <laughs> oh, they, oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we believe you. We believe you without the certificate, John.
1: Good, good. <laughs> Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. I didn't realize it was so complicated and it required so much education in order to do well, this. Yeah.
1: Well, I was teaching computers and computer electronics and uh, the electronics I had learned in order to uh, pa- pass the exams for the ham radio because you had to do electronics there too.
2: So, John, when you contacted all of these people, not just in the US, but all over the world, what did you talk about?
1: All the, we- the weather, hobbies, uh, sometimes the co- contacts were very short, just exchange basic information like signal strengths and the location of your hometown. And uh, so. Uh, That's pretty <laughs> I, cool. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm still interested in location because uh, I can spot lang- la- latitude and longitude. Uh, I, I, I have it still for lots of places.
2: When you were making contact with people, do you, did you ever find anyone that you actually knew before or were they all new people?
1: Uh, well, uh, most, mostly new people, but mm-hmm. there were a few fellows that I met here in town at, at, or here in Canada, in Ontario after. And then uh, when I visited Europe, I visited some ha- hams there as well.
2: You're good at staying in touch. I understand you're still in touch with some of your high school friends and have helped organize reunions. Is that right?
1: That is correct.
2: And where have those reunions uh, taken place?
1: Uh, in the Netherlands, uh, and usually at the home of one of the classmates.
2: Oh, that's. When was the last one you had, Don?
1: Uh, well, I, the last one I attended. Uh, Well, in 2018, I had a meeting with a few of them because I missed the major one, but uh, somewhere 2015 or something that I actually attended one of them.
2: Well, I have a high school reunion in Winnipeg that I'm not going to attend because it's not quite as exciting as Amsterdam (laughs) (laughs) or the Netherlands, I should say.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I usually made it, uh, we made a visit to the Netherlands and 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 traveling and just made sure that on the day of the reunion, I was at the, that I was at the reunion.
0: Great. It's always fun going back and just seeing your classmates after all those years, the changes and (laughs) reconnecting with some people, which uh, is is always a fun incident. Uh, I know you uh, were a high school teacher in business, but uh, you came about that rather late in your life. Uh, You went back to school to get your Bachelor of Arts degree when you were in your 40s, I understand. Uh, How did you manage to uh, find that? Did you... You know, being in the older one in a classroom of young people, was that ever any uh, difficulty or problem I, for you?
1: No, actu- actually, I got to correct that because the my degree was totally done by extension. So it oh. was s- nights, Saturdays, hol- summer holidays, and, uh, and, uh, and all that. So... Uh, yeah, that,
0: that was quite an accomplishment. Just trying to do it that way.
1: Oh well, yeah. Thank you to my thank you to my wife, who had to put up with me be, being busy many many times. But yeah, uh, I started teaching when I was thirty. I came out of business as a, as as a special entry to share my business experience with students. And then I had to sign up that I was going to get my BA. And uh, that that took uh, about 15 years to get, like I said, Saturdays, holidays, right. re- weekends, and then, uh, and that's it but yeah so
0: yeah that's well that's living right
1: trying yep. to keep
0: going to work and providing for the family and doing that and getting it's quite a quite an accomplishment as i mentioned uh, did any of that inspire your children to go on to school or university
1: well yeah they've uh, the they've all got the degrees and uh, so yeah so my four my children and uh, there's a history as to why uh, e- education was imp- was important and uh, my my brothers too uh, were 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 in- interested and and did get degrees or or certif- or positions of responsibility with a lot of uh, academics behind it so
0: uh, your grandfather, I understand, wasn't uh, too encouraging for your dad to go to school. And,
1: that's right. That, because of the times. so. Yeah, and that's why my, and my mother, much the same way. Uh, so my dad and mom were very much interested in making sure that their, that their children got, got the uh, opportunity to go on um, to high school and beyond high school.
0: Yeah, you seem to be very pro-education. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why do you think it's so important to share the opinions that you have with everyone else?
1: I may be a little bit o- opinionated, but yeah. Um, so I, th- I think that I have a responsibility uh, be- because I am... Ot- uh, educated and all that, uh, that I sh- may- make people aware and uh, try to get them involved in, in some of my causes too.
0: Get involved in things I understand there at Riverside Glen, uh, including reading to a young lady there who's 104 <laughs> years old.
1: Right, Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, y- you know, that's something I can do that does not take much effort. Much effort, and she appreciates it. That uh, that we belong to the same church. So church stuff is the main things that I read that I read to read to her. But yeah, I am involved, and uh, they got me involved here too. The uh, kinesiologist or whatever she was uh, a couple of years ago said, John, I I want you to lead some classes, some s- some exercise classes. And I thought she was kidding, but she she meant it. So I, I did that until I had some health problems and had to give it up.
0: It's one thing that I found here at Aaron Meadows that's uh, really been a very good thing is the involvement in the social context that we have with other people who are here it sounds like you're found the same kind of situation there at Riverside Glen
1: true very yeah, very very true. very
0: true you also mentioned about traveling a lot uh, I guess you've been in quite a few places uh, around the world especially if they're back in Netherlands and I know one of the things that always pops up when any time everyone talks about uh, the Netherlands are the tulips. Uh, Have you been there to see the tulip festival in the Netherlands or here in Ottawa?
1: No. Well, I've been to Ottawa, but not not the tulip time in the Netherlands because... uh, the tulip time there is from about the 1st of April to the 15th of May <clears throat> and of course when you uh, when you're teaching you are not able to travel in during that time but uh, after i've been when i was still in high school uh, we had easter vacation and a bunch of my classmates and i we went on our bicycles on on a tour through the tulip fields
0: and okay. There's so many of them uh, now in Ottawa, and it, mostly from the donations that the Netherlands have uh, sent them as, as a thank you for uh, the ones during the World War II for uh, liberating them, and also uh, another group of uh, over 1 million tulips that are an orange crown-shaped, uh, celebrating the birth of Princess Margaret, uh, the only royal person who's ever been born in Canada. So, <laughs> yeah, and they keep sending twenty thousand of them every year. So they they keep growing. Yeah, it must be a beautiful. I haven't had that opportunity, but I, it it's a beautiful thing to see in either country, here or in the Netherlands. So.
1: Right, right, yep, and I did, I did visit uh, Ottawa just, just, just before Victoria Day, so the end of, end of May, the middle of May, and it, it was qu- there was still quite a few uh, on in good color.
2: Um, one of the great traditions, of course, in Holland is the wearing of clogs. And when I was there the last time, I went to Schans. I'm probably saying it wrong, but Schans, where they have a lot of windmills, of course, and they do a lot of things. And we saw them carve out wooden clogs. And I was surprised to learn that he said that pretty much every Dutch household still has a pair of clogs in it. Ha
1: ha ha. <laughs> I have a picture on my door where I where I'm about 10 years old and wearing clogs.
2: Oh, that's so funny! Yeah, and he said they wear them because they're—I guess they're great for—it's quite uh, watery, swampy in some parts, and and they're great. They sort of float and they keep the the water out. I never thought of people wearing them as actual shoes, not just being souvenir type shoes.
1: No, exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The Dutch toku here sells the souvenir type, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I, f- farmers and market gardeners kind of wear them because uh, they keep your feet. B- better than sh- and, and and shoes so, or boots.
2: John, one of the things we obviously try to do on this podcast because it is called, you know, Stories from the Green Bench, you know, Elder Wisdom, is to have our um, interviewees share some wisdom with us. And it sounds like you have a lot. Um, so, if you have any words of advice for our listeners, young and old, um, let's start there. Where would you start?
1: Well, uh, my my. The th- the thing I decided and, and it and, and it was published that I was going to participate in the activities of the home, and uh, especially the uh, the physical activities like ec- exercise groups to keep p- to keep that up. But yeah, uh, the 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 thing is getting get involved and uh, keep yourself busy and uh, if you can join organizations that uh, further your your goals and uh, that you that that where you can participate where you can learn and also contrib- contribute to it so yeah like i said uh, i took part in most of the physical activities the, phys- the the exercise groups and because i was able to at the time uh, i I was asked to uh, to lead some some of those, and uh, my house is a little better now, and I jumped in the other day when uh, one of the people here was not was way, way late, so I, I got started.
2: Oh, that's amazing. My 86-year-old mom just started playing pickleball last week, so there you go.
1: <laughs> okay, good, 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 good.
2: <laughs> what types of activities are you involved in at Schlegel, John? Are there groups that you belong to or things that you do in particular there?
1: uh no ma- ma- mainly i do the physical activities mm-hmm. and try to do some of that every some of that every, every, every day and uh, yeah there's been a few other little things but not nothing major but i i work i work and uh, what, what, one of the staff members uh, got me interested we were going to do some work uh, on photography so yeah that's uh, that did not get into my uh, my bio but uh, yeah i uh, had a photography hobby all my life long too well i participate on some of my interest. Uh, but yeah, I have a, because I also taught computers and I had involved, so I, I've been involved with computers since uh, 1975, er, early laptop computers, or not laptop, uh, desktop computers. So yeah, so uh, I have a good understanding of uh, s- s- some of the things that I can do to help people get organized or to uh, get their computer to do what they want.
2: Oh, that's great. Um, I'm going to impose on you to say, can you teach us some of the NATO phonetic alphabet? I understand you know that.
1: Uh, (laughs) Alpha, beta, gamma, delta. But uh, don't ask me the rest. uh, (laughs) I haven't used it in so long. But yeah, that, of course, it's... My my call was Victor Echo three India Zulu Hotel, so V E three I Z H. Victor Echo three, three for Ontario India Zulu Hotel. V E is Canada, uh, and with sub variations possible, but uh, yeah. So so yeah, my my friends. Uh, but that's about the only time that I still use the. Uh, the the, uh, phonetic alphabet
2: so Morse code ham radio Dutch the NATO phonetic you can communicate with people in many
1: ways (laughs) sounds like John yeah exactly
2: well you are a great communicator and we have certainly enjoyed communicating with you today John I want to thank you for joining us on the green bench today it's been a real pleasure
1: okay I'm glad to was glad to do it so
2: good meeting
0: you John
1: nice to hear you too Evelyn
2: on behalf of my co-host, Evelyn Brindle, I'd like to thank you for giving us the chance to bring bringing you these stories of elder wisdom. We'd love to have you subscribe to the podcast if you're listening right now, if you haven't already done so, but we'd also love to hear your words of wisdom on social media. Please do using the hashtag #ElderWisdom, which will also help others to find us on this green bench. We do love a review and a rating on the podcast. You can easily find it by going to elderwisdom.ca and following the link. Take a look at the Elder Wisdom Pledge Against Ageism while you're there, and please think about signing it. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and along with Evelyn Brindle, we look forward to sharing some more Elder Wisdom with you on the next episode of Stories from the Green Bench. Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench, is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.